to Slightly Biased Sports. I am Dakota. And it's Tyler. Got something special for you. We got a little specialty. We're going to do things a little different today. Yeah. We got stuff going on. But we did get to squeeze in an interview with... Hope. Who? Who was it again? I can't. Ronnie Brewer. Ronnie fucking Brewer. That was awesome. We just got done, so we're still buzzing Literally just got done. That was fantastic. Like, it was just a normal conversation with one of our childhood heroes. Idols, yes. I mean, it was, like, as soon as it as soon as soon it came on, like, we knew we were going to talk to him. As soon as he popped on the screen, it was like, holy shit. That's actually Ronnie Brewer. actually talking to him. That's really him. Such, it was, such a genuine dude, too. Like, just a real proud to be from Northwest Arkansas kind of guy. Like, everything the, he does is Arkansas. The man's on vacation. And he took the time to talk to us. Yeah, well, he didn't tell us that till about halfway through, so it we did, did make know. us feel a we little bit. We did not know. We we are apologize shitty. for that, Ronnie. <laughs> but very great, extra grateful for you taking the time, especially on vacation, to come on and talk to us. Uh, I I can't say enough. I mean, it was it was awesome. It was just a normal conversation with an awesome dude, an all timer for sure. So not it's exclusive interview on this one. That's yes. what that's what you're looking at in this episode right here. It's an exclusive interview with. Myself and Dakota, interview with Ronnie Brewer. That is what we're looking at today. So, here we go. Let's get to it. Going. All right, y'all. Well, it's Tyler and Dakota coming back with y'all again here at Slightly Biased with uh, one of the all-time Razorback legends and huge icons for us as kids growing up in Arkansas, uh, Ronnie Brewer. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are y'all doing? Doing fantastic. Not too bad. Uh, we talked about a little bit beforehand, but this is crazy, man. Like, this is – For real. Uh, I remember going to the games. That Number 10 Arkansas jersey is the first Arkansas jersey I ever bought. Still the only basketball jersey I've ever owned. I'm sure our mom's got it somewhere. I have to have her dig it out. But, uh, I mean, I started wearing – wanted to wear a headband because I saw you wearing a headband. I was like, yeah, you <laughs> have that. So, yeah, this is awesome. We appreciate it. I appreciate y'all having me on, man. I really do. Really appreciate that. Well, so uh, how's uh, how's life for, for Ronnie Brewer outside of uh, basketball, man? How's everything going for you? Pretty good, man. I can't complain at all. Uh, I, I'm actually uh, on vacation. Uh, we came down to San Antonio, Texas. It's been a couple of days down with my, my sister and her family. My mom and dad and brothers and sisters all came down together. Uh, we went to Splitterbond Water Park. We went to... Okay. Um, uh, Six Flags yesterday. Oh, y'all um, living? Yeah, we did like Reptile Park and the Riverwalk today, and so uh, we've, we've we've had a really good time, and you know, just enjoying it, and just you know, blessed to be able to be out and about and in, in, in good health and be able to spend the time with family. So it has been really good. Absolutely, especially in these times. Absolutely, man. Now, now I feel. Even more appreciative. You're on freaking vacation, yeah, man. Dude. Thank you. Good God. <laughs> Jesus. Man of the people. So uh I'm I was curious right off the bat when we got the opportunity for this. What what are some of your like all-time moments that you look back on in your career at Arkansas, especially? Um, I mean, I, I I'm pretty simple, man. Uh, you know, first off, you know, <laughs> the dream come true just to you know, play for the Razorbacks, being from Fayetteville, being from the state of Arkansas, um, you know, and then signing with the University of Arkansas. You know, my first time 
in front of fans at uh, Midnight Madness, the Red White Game, mm-hmm. have, having them call my name out, and Vincent Hunter, another guy from Arkansas, and you know Olu Famitimi, and you know being to be a part of that 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 team and be in front of those fans that that was one of the greatest moments. You know, being to run out the tunnel tunnel for the first time, score your first basket, even if it was a Red White Game, and being able to play in front of twenty thousand fans at Bud Walton, one of the best you know arenas on campus there is in the country. And, um, you know, our goal was basically to try to get the University of Arkansas back to the NCAA tournament. You know, obviously, I know now um, the dynamic is a lot different. Fans are, are, are expecting um, it every every year, you know, from from Mike Anderson to Coach Musk, that's, it's expected. But when I came to school there, you know, basketball had kind of gotten down and we wanted to put it back on the map. And so, you know, getting back to the NCAA tournament was one of the biggest moments for me. Uh, you know, getting there, you know, having to beat Florida, you know, who ended up winning the national championship. Yeah. yeah. We remember Alabama and Tennessee and Vanderbilt, all those tough teams that we had to beat um, throughout the season to just put us in position to try to make it there was, you know, one of the most memorable moments that I, I could remember playing for the Razorbacks. What's yeah. kind of cool is, is talking to former and current players is a, uh, Talking like like you mentioned, t- playing Florida and Tennessee and all these tough teams. What's crazy right now with the direction the basketball program's going is one of these days going to be somebody somewhere on a podcast talking to a player that played right now for a Missouri, somebody like that, and they're like, "Man, we had to get through Arkansas. We had to get mm-hmm. through. We're gonna, we're getting to one point. Where we're gonna be one of those teams that everybody's had to get through, and it's pretty absolutely. cool. Absolutely, man. It's it, it's kind of great because you know you talk about these all these great teams that you had to beat. And in, in, in where the state and the culture of, of Arkansas basketball is is under Coach, Coach Musselman's tutelage, like we are that tough team. We're, we are that roadblock that people are going to have to try to get through to try to make it to the NCAA tournament. And, and as a former player and alumni of the university, you just love to see it. I think that kind of honestly, the beginning of that becoming that roadblock, you know, there's a, a big hiatus there. And then I think the start of, I would say, your guys's, your guys's run. I think that was the start of us really becoming something serious, you know, followed by the the Patrick Beverly teams and the, the Qualls guys, the Sonny Weems and the Bobby Portises, you know, the, I think your guy, I would say, I, I mean, of course it was from when I was very first a kid, but it feels like that was really when it started to become that serious team and mm-hmm. uh, to see it just progress. And now with, with Musselman, I wouldn't say it's nothing, not a knock on Stan Heath or anything, but I didn't see that thing there that I see with Musselman, you know what I mean? That connection. <laughs> with the whole state. So it, it's awesome to see that. And I would definitely say that you guys laid the groundwork for that to become the thing. Yeah, I think it's just a little different. I mean, I, I'm not saying or taking anything away from Stan Heath. I loved him as a coach. I love Coach Pelfrey as a coach. Mm-hmm. And I know that they wanted to win. And I know that it meant something to them. But you have a different feel, like, from deep down inside your heart that it meant a little bit more for Coach A. And it means a lot more for Coach Muss to – have success at Arkansas, to have interaction with the fans, to have interaction in the community, um, to recruit hard in the state of Arkansas and keep in-state talent home. Yes. Um, and not say, I mean, you're not going to keep every kid. I mean, you're going to have the guys um, that go out of state and, and have success. And that happens. You know, guys slip through your fingers. But you, you love to see guys like Bobby Portis stay home and, and have a lot of success or Daniel Gafford stay home and have a lot of success. Absolutely. Or 
Isaiah Joe stay home and have a lot of success. And that doesn't take away from any of those guys that are out of state because we love guys that are from out of state that come in the state of Arkansas and represent and, 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 and leave it all on the line to represent Arkansas. But I think it just hits a little bit different when you have a lot of in-state guys and under coach a and, and coach Musselman, um, you know, the passion and, and the attention to detail that they used to turn that corner to have success. I think it, it just hits a little bit different. Definitely. I totally yeah, agree. We, we've talked about it on the, on the show a little bit. It, it almost, with the way that everything is right now, it almost got like a, like a high school feel to it. Like, you know, in high school, all your coaches yeah. are real close. Everybody knows them. Like with Pittman wanting yeah. to be here so bad and the way Muslim is, it's kind of got that feel to it. And you're right. It, it does kind of like, it kind of adds to the expectation almost because like, you know, they want it as bad as you do. So mm-hmm. why not? Absolutely, man. I, I mean, if, if you go to a Razorback game, obviously COVID hit when you're a lot of people didn't get to go. Um, but if you watch it on the game or watch it on TV, or if you listen to it on the radio, you know, the intensity and the passion that coach must brings on the sideline, it shows that he really wants to win. And he really, you know, that those student athletes mean a lot to him um, and playing the right right way and executing the right way means a lot to him. And, and he kind of wears his emotions on sleep, but I love that. I love that about him because I'd take him over, over any other coach that just sits, yeah. down, sits down and just watches the game. He's intense. He's, on the refs he's on the players he's getting the fans involved and that's to me is the epitome of Razorback basketball is, is passion grit and grind um and, and trying to win at all costs and that, that that defensive priority honestly like I mean hell you average two and a half steals a game at Arkansas that's the that's what we love to see and that's it looks like that's back that play defense type thing you know what I mean that it's something different when when you see the defense step it up like that and and I don't know, man. It's just it just hits a little bit different seeing the defense go up the way it does. You appreciated great defense. I mean, good lord. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You 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 could tell that his attention to detail on the defensive end has has turned up. Um, I, I think the focus um, has been on defense and playing fast and playing with pace and up tempo and um, but you also see a change in the offense, a little bit more attention to detail and executing. Um, each each and end of every possession uh, is important, and you know, just I, I've had the opportunity to watch a couple of his practices in person, and you know, it's a, it's a work of art. And you know, if you're able to get to a practice or you're able to watch on a TV show how he how he kind of orchestrates it all, it's it's like a masterpiece, to man. And mm-hmm. and and. and and the players are just blessed to be able to have him um, and have those guys, have him leading those student athletes and, and the Razorback fans. You know, I, I I know a lot of times we take it for granted, but you kind of got to give people their roses while they can still enjoy them and smell them. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think he's going to turn this program around and he's going to have a lot of success for years to come. That's what was strange this uh, after the season was over. You know, he – he hadn't been here that long, but it, it almost feels like he has. It and does. as soon as our run ended in the tournament, you kept seeing his name pop up with all these, you know, uh, from the past, like these prestigious blue blood schools that it's like, oh, Muslims can go here. And what is crazy that he wasn't here very long and we're not really used to it yet, but it didn't feel like he was ever going anywhere. Like there was never a doubt that he was going to stay. And that was really cool. Yeah. To see. I mean, um, to me, 
being from Arkansas, when you come to Fayetteville, it's a diamond in the rough. A lot of people don't know it until they're here and able to experience it. And they don't experience um, the passion um, and the loyalty and the tradition that comes with being at Arkansas. Yes, those other schools got tradition and they might have great places, but to me, it's just different. It's more homely. It's more community oriented. Um, yes, Razorback fans can be crazy, but at the same time, <laughs> when, when you're winning, they're 100% behind you and they fully support you and they back you like no other. And I think that he recognized that. Um, and I think it's going to turn up a little bit because they went on an elite eight run last year. Mm-hmm with minimal capacity fan interaction. You know how this crowd's about to get. <laughs> now, 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 if you want to see something special, I'm just ahead, ahead of time. I mean, go get your tickets early because yeah. I think me, I think personally this team coming up this year is going to be better than they t- had last year. And, and that says a lot. Sheesh. But they have, I mean, yes, they lost Moses Moody. But I think they added a couple of really good pieces um, as well as a young core. And so um, you've got a lot of inside out, a lot of guys that can defend, a lot of guys oh, yeah. the back, a lot of perimeter shooters. It's just going to be a really good, fun team to watch. We, we've said it five million times, but I'm telling I keep trying to tell everybody the uh, health KK Robinson coming back is going to be a I'm telling everybody and Devo Davis is doing nothing but just special things this Man, it's it's uh it feels it feels freaking incredible. I'm not gonna lie. I do wanna I also want to let you know I acknowledge and appreciate that wordplay you did on Diamond in the Rough right there. That was <laughs> that was slick. Uh, <laughs> but um something I did not know, uh, I did I tried to dig in a little bit, do a little research, and I, I didn't know that you had hurt, got hurt apparently as a kid in like a water slide yeah. incident. What happened? Yeah. So so every year. Well, I, I say it back in the day, but every year they used to have this <laughs> annual Razorback um, picnic. And every year, right before school started, um, it was kind of end of the summer, start of a new year. Um, they had, you know, former or the players come to a picnic at Beaver Lake. And so, you know, former players, my dad being the former player at the of time. Course. Of course. Um, and the current team, um, they were returning 94-95 after winning the national championship. Um, at the time, I, I couldn't swim that great. But, you know, a whole bunch of kids were going off the, this big water slide that was shooting you out in the Beaver Lake. And uh, they were putting soap on it to speed you up a little bit. And, and a lot of people that don't know, like, they see my body in the NBA. I wasn't always like six, seven with muscles. Like, <laughs> I, I, I was a pretty scrawny kid. And so I was going on this water slide and I was going so fast that when I was hitting the humps, it was like lifting me off the slide. And so I tried to slow myself down because the pace that I was going, it would have shot me in the middle of the lake. And I had a life vest on, but you know, I wasn't the best swimmer of all yeah. time at the and so I was like, let me slow myself down. I tried to, try to hold on to the side of the slide. And they had a pole that was holding the slide up. And it gave me a compound fracture in my arm. And kind of like how the how it grew back, my range of motion didn't fully uh, come back. And so comfortably to shoot the basketball, it wasn't the ordinary way to shoot it. It was more of an out, like a chicken wing, instead like under, under and an L shape to shoot it. But the finish was the same. Um, and so 
the start was funny. The ending was how everybody else shoots it. Um, and you know, it's kind of, it, it, I mean, it kind of worked out for me because the end result turned out yeah. pretty fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. how many, how many times throughout your basketball career did you have to tell the short version of that story? And they're like, Hey, tuck your elbow. It's like, man, I can't, I literally can't. Yeah. Well, well, it was really bad when I first got to, I got my cast off and I was like, Hey, I want to play basketball. So, you know, I go to the boys and girls club in Fayetteville and, you know, my dad's working with my sister and I was like, Oh, you know, you know, can I have some time to work with you too? He's like, yeah, you know, I'm almost done. I'm, I'll work with you in just a second. So I get back out there and my, and granted at the time I had a cast, I developed because I was doing so much left-handed. Like I could shoot left-handed, dribble left-handed, playing ping pong left-handed. Mm-hmm. I'll shoot, I could shoot pool kind of, uh, <laughs> right. And all this stuff my left hand. So I thought I was left-handed. So I started, I started to work out shooting all left-hand shots. And my dad was like, okay, that's impressive. Um, and it's kind of freaky that you're shooting everything left hand, dribble left hand. He's like, but you're a right hand person. So, you know, working on your right hand stuff. So I, I start shooting and my dad was like, whoa, whoa, that's not how you shoot it. And I was like, okay. He's like, we'll shoot it like this. And he shoots a couple when he's makes it. I was like, okay. And I try to imitate it, but like my arm was not allowing me to. In my brain, I wasn't trying to be defiant, but my dad was kind of like, why won't you just shoot it normal? And I was like, I'm trying to shoot it normal. That is my normal. My arm is, this is how it goes. And so my dad was like, okay, like, that's how to figure something out. And so he basically was like, you know, it's going to have to be muscle memory. It's going to be repetition. And you're going to have to stay in the gym because that's not a pretty shot. And people are going to try to change your shot and you're not going to be able to. But what you can do is you can make it a habit and you can work on it so much that uh, it's second nature and you don't think about it. And uh, so that's what I did. I practiced at it really hard. Um, I actually went to a Kansas uh, elite camp um, to go visit one of my mentors, Nick Bradford, while he was playing up there. And, uh, you know, I go up there and all these all these people are like bragging about, about me because Nick Bradford was bragging about me because, you know, I was coming up there from Fayetteville, Arkansas. And, um, you know, everybody was like, what's wrong with the shot? And he was like, well, I don't know what's wrong with the shot, but it's going in. And so, <laughs> Uh, Roy Williams comes to watch me play and he pulled me to the side. He was like, son, you know, you made a believer out of me. Um, we're now going to start recruiting you. He's like, but I'm going to give you one thing in advice. I was like, yes, sir. What is that? He goes, there's going to be a lot of people and a lot of naysayers to change your jump shot and tell you how bad it looks. He's like, but what I can tell you is if you work hard at it, and you're in the gym and you're grind as hard as you possibly can each and every day to make it consistent. It doesn't matter how it starts. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's how it finishes. And if it goes in the basket, nobody's going to say a word. And I, that stuck with me and, you know, I just was in the gym. That's big time coming from freaking right. Warren Williams. Like, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Damn. You, you mentioned – I want to touch on it real quick. You mentioned Midnight Madness. That was – like what? What was that like from your perspective? Because like, as, as that's when I remember like starting to get yeah. all in basketball. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, I remember as a kid bringing a can, good, staying up extra late. Like, can I please stay up past my bedtime to go watch? <laughs> and I thought it was the greatest thing on earth to be able to go in there. Back back then, they had like a three point contest, a dunk contest. Uh, the girls team would play, and the boys team would play and play music. And I just thought it was the greatest thing on earth. I was like, man, this is awesome. Um, and then to actually be able to do it um, full circle 
was super special just because like one of my biggest things like why I wanted to come to Arkansas is like you know what I wanted my mom and dad to be able to watch me play without putting a strain on them to be able to have to take off work or travel mm-hmm. far to watch me play. Granted, I know you know they have games on TV, but it's know, not the same. Back then, if you weren't like Duke, Kentucky, you weren't on TV. Their every time, day. yeah. And so, um, you know, it was also important that my friends and my family and my teachers and my mentors and my pastors like that was able to come and, and see me play because um, they helped me and paved the way for me as a kid. And I wanted to kind of repay them and showcase them like the hard work and dedication that I had. And so being able to go out there during midnight, midnight mass my freshman year and be able to see their faces you know all my friends and family were up close at first so I could point out you know you know my English teachers and my pastors and uh friends and families that were super close and to hear them like say from like from Fayetteville Arkansas and Ronnie Brewer like it was so great I was I think I was so excited I started hyperventilating (laughs) I I witnessed taking people's hands and it was great and from that point on I got so much love for Razorback fans and students um my three years i was there it was just phenomenal that's awesome yeah, yeah. It, it seems like right now it'd be prime time to bring that back but yeah absolutely yeah what well, uh i'm trying to so it show you were technically i'm, I'm assuming the reason is because you were your, your dad played for the troubles you were born in portland and then absolutely. came back here absolutely. how old were you when you come back I was four years old. I was born in 1985, and we moved back to Arkansas in 1989. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, clearly, your dad's one of the legends. You know what I mean? Like, one of the freaking legends. And if you had just – if you had just – I'm not asking, you know, rewrite the history, but if you had just stayed one more year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) God. My my, my dad, my dad, it's funny that you said that because my dad – He's so nonchalant and laid back and, you know, me going to him for, like, advice. I'm like, hey, Dad, what do you think? Should I stay? Should I go? He was like, hey. I mean, that's – you're the one that's got to have to be there. Like, you're going to have to be at school or you're going to have to be in the NBA. Um, you know, the NBA is not going anywhere. Like, the only thing you have to worry about is injuries, but that's part of the game. You know, if it's, if it's God's will, either you're going to get there or you're not. He's like, what you can think about is – you know, they're returning almost everybody. They got Gary Irvin that's coming out mm-hmm. off of um, sitting out. They got incoming Pat Beverly. They got incoming number one Juco, Sonny Weems. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darian Towns, uh, Stephen Hill, Charles Thomas. Um, I mean, the list goes on, the guys that we were returning. Um, and my dad also said, like, well, you, you know, it's a no-brainer if you stay. You'll probably end Arkansas as the number one all-time leading scorer, maybe steals. Um, and, you know, how great would that be? And I was like, you know, it's great. But, Dad, you know, a dream of being in the NBA, I think, trumps all of that. And, you know, uh, I was able to come back and get my degree. And, you know, I'm still an avid supporter of the Razorback. So, you know, I thought it was a great decision. And, you know, I was so close to coming back. <laughs> um, it was unrealistic, like, how close I was. Totally, totally understand. I mean, good lord, I'd have done the same thing. I got a chance to go pro. I'm doing. I'm going pro. Sorry, y'all. Yeah, hey, love y'all, Arkansas. See ya. Yeah, getting, getting <laughs> your dream school is yeah. one thing. Getting the ultimate yeah. in the NBA that's understandable. And I mean, you had you played for eight years in the NBA. Like that's that's a freaking accomplishment in itself, especially 
coming from Fayetteville, Arkansas, you know, like you, you did it, you made it. Absolutely. That's, um, that's big time. Now I will, I'm going to bring up a funny story. I don't know. You have anything else? No, I, I was, I was just curious of like, of all the teams that you played on, what was your favorite city, favorite team? Any yeah, that's, yes. That's a good question. Um, so, uh, when I moved back to Arkansas in 1989, I, I literally went kindergarten through college at, in Fayetteville. I never lived anywhere else. I I traveled because I played AU basketball. I traveled with Arkansas, but I'd never lived anywhere else. So I get drafted to the Utah Jazz. Um, I thought it was in the freaking middle of nowhere. Um, I get there. It's snowing. You know, y'all y'all live in Northwest Arkansas. It snows an inch. Everything shuts down. They, they, yeah. got, they got 12 inches of snow in October. I call my parents like, what do I do? Like, I don't know how to drive in the snow or whatnot. Um, when you fly in there, it's, it's, you have snow capped mountains, like real mountains, not hills. Yeah, it's like beautiful. Real, there. It's beautiful. Real, real. Um, and so that was new, but Utah was said new, new, real, like, real mountains. Because, like, what I could relate to, it was like, you go to Fayetteville, you go to the Razorback game at Bo Walton, if you have a good product, Fans came out there and supported. We had, you know, 20,000 every game. Um, they were going to be loud and tuned to the game. And they generally wanted you to win the game each and every time you stepped on the court. It wasn't like, you know, Kentucky came in and they're cheering for Kentucky or Florida came in, they were cheering for Florida. It was strictly whoever came in, you're going to boom and you're going to support the Razorbacks. Well, I can, that was so much relatability to when I went to the Jazz because they were the only show in Salt Lake. There wasn't a professional football team, professional baseball, professional um, hockey, nothing like that. It was, it was Utah Jazz. And so whenever we were playing, no matter who we were playing, we were having sellouts. And the reason I say that is TV stations do a phenomenal job not showing the actual crowds of these NBA games because <laughs> Not every NBA game is a sellout. Um, and some of those teams, good or bad, like they don't have a sellout. And I was just very blessed to be able to play at Utah because we had sellouts every night. We had a great product. We had you know, great teammates, played for our legendary coach, Jerry Sloan, rest in peace. And we were able to be successful. Um, the best two cities that I lived in, like outside of basketball, probably Chicago and probably New York, just because New York is like the mecca of like basketball. I'm playing in Madison Square Garden and all the concerts and stuff that goes through there. I mean, in Chicago was, was just great, you know, uh, playing in the house that Jordan built. Um, during the times they were playing, they had all these anniversaries of when they won championships. And every it's, it's it felt like every week, every two weeks, they had a Jordan, um, ceremony and one is one of his championship championship runs and so be able to meet michael jordan scott pippen and dennis Rodman and tony Cook coach and luke longley and you know john paxton and steve kern all those i mean the list goes on the great That's guys that crazy. played with. um to me i was like the kid in the candy store because i was like dude <laughs> i literally grew up watching you guys every game on wgn um and it was just a blessing to be able to play there. So probably Utah and Chicago were probably the best two cities and maybe New York. New York fans were a little tough. Um, <laughs> a little tough. <laughs> when, you did, when you didn't win every game, when you lost the game, they're like, why did you not go undefeated? Um, but it was cool. It was a great city to play. That's cool. Um, 
So the funny story I have, I don't know how in detail I could go because I'm not, it's a gray area and I don't want to get anybody in trouble here. Um, there's no chance you remember this. Yeah. I saw, I saw you, this is maybe three years ago. Yeah. So it's a, it's funny getting this opportunity to talk to you. It, it remind, I had to, I have to bring it up. I saw you, it was in, we were in Dixon Street. You may yeah. or may not have been with a, a college player that was uh, in the transfer portal looking around. Okay. And uh, I bumped into you, right? And I see the player. I recognize him. I know him. Not not personally. I just know this boy, you know. I see him. I come up. Hey, you're insert name. How you doing? He says, great. And about three seconds later, there's a freaking bear paw on my arm that says, hey, no football talk. I look <laughs> over and I'm like, that's, that's Ronnie Brewer. What the? All in a suit and everything, like dressed to the nine. It was out on Dixon, and I, it, it's, I don't know if I can even say who it is. I'm I'm gonna, like assume, I said, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I'm going to assume it's one of those situations like, hey, come with me. I'll show you a good time. We'll worry about football later. And then you, he runs into you. It may have, he tries to bring up football. Like, yeah, no, shut it, yeah. down. it may or may not have been uh, Kelly Bryant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but uh, and it's crazy because two seconds later, I mean, it's Ronnie Brewer. I'm like a little starstruck for a second. I'm like, that's, that's Ronnie Brewer. And then the DJ comes on, and he's like, Hey y'all, give it up. We got Kelly Bryant in the house of Ronnie Brewer, and y'all said, "See ya." <laughs> y'all went right out the back door, and y'all pop smoke. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's not a secret that he was here. Obviously, he right. Was busy looking at school, and you know, um, sometimes it's good to see like a familiar face. We knew each other for mutual people, and you know, he was visiting here, and I was just trying to talk to him about the pros and cons about coming here. Oh, and, of course, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to have him out on Dixon where he'd get in trouble, but I did want him to show him around. Uh, and I literally didn't want us to be announced. And then when it's announced, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's time for us to go and, and just have a private conversation. So, you know, that's you got six foot seven Ronnie Brewer who comes in the house, an Arkansas legend with a yeah. highly touted college. You know, it ain't going to take long. Yeah, facts. Yeah. As soon as he announced it, the whole crowd just like eyes turned and they were like, Oh shit, that is Ronnie Brewer. Hold it. Nope. See ya. I was yeah. like, that's, that's so crazy. Being able to like in full circle, being able to have a conversation with you and like a sit down just a little, Hey, I remember that bear paw on my arm real quick. Let me <laughs> remind you. <laughs> oh, it's awesome to see somebody like you being, you know, an ambassador sort of like a show the show the area. And like, it's, it's no one more deserving than, than someone like yourself, man. You, you've left a lasting impression in the minds of, you know, two young kids who turned on TV for the first time watching ba- watching basketball and like, holy crap, that guy is, you know, you were you were that Arkansas icon for me. And you the, the whole your name rings true like from border to border in this area, man. Like that the name Ronnie Brewer is forever like cemented as as one of the Arkansas greats. It's it's never gonna go away. Thank you. I really appreciate that so much. I really do. Absolutely. We, we appreciate you. It's especially on vacation. We didn't know you were on vacation. Sorry about that. <laughs> but well, I, like I said before, I just apologize that I have to do this on my phone. Like we're not back at the house yet. Um, and so I, I appreciate y'all being on um, and, and taking the time out to talk to you, man. Absolutely. For, I can't, I, I just keep wanting to say it so many <laughs> times. Like it's such a freaking honor to be able to talk to you, man. I hope, I hope you guys have a great, uh, have a great vacation and thank you for the opportunity. And uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Also, I don't know if you like, are you a hat guy? Yeah. Now, listen, you know, we got to be able to 
we got to send you one of the brand new hats. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hit you up after we get off of here and I, I'd love to send you a hat and, and uh, put on for the show. I'd love to see you in that hat, man. That's it's, it's a freaking honor for real. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate that. It'd be the honor to wear it. Of course. I'll, uh, I'll hit you up afterwards, man. Uh, again, thank you so much. And we'll, we'll talk to you it. soon. All right, man. Sounds good. Thank you. all Thank you. See you, man. See ya. Right, bye. Again, that was Ronnie Brewer. <laughs> we have to say it over and over because it just doesn't seem like it's real. Yeah, I'm, but it's fucking Ronnie Brewer. It is. It absolutely was. Number 10, headband, dunking on fools, stealing and getting cookies right off you. Also, Ronnie Brewer. In case for whatever reason, Musselman falls asleep while he's listening to that interview and then just woke up, bring back Midnight Madness. And then come talk to us on Slightly Biased yeah, About It. Yeah, we do that, but we are primed and ready. Midnight Madness is Midnight back Madness right now. needs to be back. And Mustbus needs to be on the biggest supporter of the Mustbus, Slightly Biased. I mean, at this point, it's it might be the biggest platform he's ever been on. I mean, people are saying. People are saying. But again. But he can't come on. That was interview with Ronnie Brewer, all-time woo pig. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much Hope as we did. Hope y'all loved it. Thank you again. We will be back. Oh, yeah. With more oh, yeah. of the sports takes. Enjoy the Ronnie Brewer interview. And thank you again, Ronnie. That hat is about to be on its way to you. Thank you for taking time out of your vacation with your family. Hope you guys had a great time. Absolutely. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.